If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Happy holidays, friends. Welcome to the final proper edition of Unlock the World's Number One Xbox Show for 2017. We'll have a special holiday, not it's not even holiday theme, <laughs> just a special extra episode coming up for you the week of Christmas. Uh, but coming up on mm-hmm. this week's show, we do actually have a lot to cover. We're going to react to the Game Awards announcements last week and Microsoft's presence or lack thereof there. Also, PUBG is out. That is the arguably biggest release of the year for Xbox, we're going to talk all about that. We've got we brought in expertise for that in the form of hey. James Duggan and some Destin Legary as well. <laughs> uh, also, also keeping it busy, a special cameo, special guest showing up in Ghost Ra- uh, Recon Wildlands. If you've been continuing to play that game, and if you haven't, you might want to start again. We'll talk about why Metal Gear Solid Survive is getting a beta coming up. A new Tomb Raider game gets, uh, we pretty much know the title for sure now, as well as a little bit of a window into when it may be coming out, and some release date announcements as well. Lots to cover there. Things uh, are happening. Yes. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, Destin Legary, as Hi, always, on the end, Marty Sleva. Hi. Uh, st- stay very, warm over there. Very cold. Yeah. I don't know what's it's, happening. It's, I've lost all the blood circulation in my hands. It's Not always great. freezing in here. Yeah. And uh, joining us for, uh, what, second or third time? Second. Second yeah, time. Yeah. Excellent. James Duggan. Great How's to going? have you. you. Or J Duggs, as I like to call True. What? Everybody has we're, their own thing. We're just going with just it. Just roll with it. We're yeah. going with it. JD. I don't like any of this. So, uh, yeah, happy holidays, guys. This, yeah. our, this is the Thank last you. time we're, we're going to convene uh, for a form, properly formatted show. Mm-hmm. We'll get together <laughs> one more time uh, before the holidays to, to sort of go over the year in Xbox mm-hmm. and look back at the 2017 that was Sounds good. for Xbox. But for now, we're just going to focus on the week that was. Uh, I want to start by uh, just mentioning Ubisoft reached out. They're doing a, a what I think is a really great charitable thing. You may be looking at my T-shirt over here. Uh, you're like, oh, okay, NorCal strong, but it, oh, that's the Assassin's Creed logo. So uh, as as many of you know, the Northern California uh, region here was was devastated by wildfires in October. Southern California has has been hit since. Uh, but you know, Ubisoft is headquartered here in San Francisco. They're they're uh, American headquarters. Uh, is here. They're North American headquarters, in fact. Uh, so, and they're, they're in fact located a block away. They're right mm-hmm. over there. <laughs> we get their mail all the time uh, because we have the same street address, just on a different street. So, uh, they are selling these limited edition 
uh, NorCal Strong Assassin's Creed shirts, and they have hoodies as well. 100% of the proceeds are benefiting the North Bay Fire Relief Fund. So uh, if you are interested in picking up a shirt or and or a hoodie, please visit their, uh, their website. You can buy them at unite.assassinscreed.com. Uh, so that's uh, it's good of them to to try and get a good cause spun up here, raise some money for uh, for the, those folks affected by these fires. As I mentioned, we will not be here next week, so no show next week. The special episode will air the week of Christmas. So okay, I think that's it for housekeeping notes. Let's move on, guys, to the game awards mm-hmm. uh, because it happened. They happened a little too far after the show last week. Didn't want to hold the show for that long to cover it. Now we've had plenty of time to reflect on it. So I uh, want to give, give uh, first you guys, open the floor. Best thing, maybe the highlights. I thought Keeley put on a great show this year. A lot of interesting reveals. I think, I think some people, you know, I, I, when I tweeted out, oh, I thought Keeley did a great job, thought it was the best show yet. Inevitably, people said, oh, you thought that was good? And I think there's not, certainly not by everyone. Viewership was way up, apparently. Tripled, according <laughs> yeah, to their press release. That's huge. Um, which, is, which is great to see, because I think it's good for the industry overall. But I think some people set unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for this and other non-E3 shows, yeah. thinking that every show should be E3. You guys probably covered it on Beyond. Yeah, already but you got were, the same thing from PSX. Yeah, PSX. Before, people were just like, oh, where's all this? Where's yeah. the announcements? But uh, I, thought, I thought Game Awards was great. What did you guys uh, like coming out of it? Best thing, the what I'm assuming is Demon Souls two T's. <laughs> I'm hoping. I would love to see that. That, that was that probably, come back. but that is the like the very literal definition of a tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Honestly, that was my most anticipated thing too. It was just whatever From Software is working on, which may or may not be on Xbox. May or may not be. We don't think it's Bloodborne two, so okay. it might not be a PlayStation exclusive. We well, think- Demon Souls was, but things are very sure, yeah. different now. Yeah, but we don't uh, like given the sort of the the Japanese influences of the tease and the fact. That their parent company owns Tenchu. A lot of us think it might be a Tenchu game. Ooh, that'd be cool. Like rebooting the Tenchu I, series. Just from software, just knocks it out of the park again and again yeah. and again. So I'm just excited for whatever that is. Yeah. It definitely looks like the very challenging Dark Souls, Demon Souls, it's Bloodborne really, realm. It's really interesting too. You just you saying that has made me think, man. From software, you talk about a studio that is found its groove and really like they've been making good games mm-hmm. for a long, long time, but. But really, boy, the the Demon Souls uh, was, was like a turning point yeah. for them. I mean, their past yeah. seven years, they've been they five you know, for five. They they go back. Uh, Otogi was phenomenal. Yeah, a mm-hmm. phenomenal you know ninja original Xbox game. Yeah. for the original Xbox. But it didn't it didn't sell a ton. It was one of those games, a lot of critical acclaim, not a lot, a lot of huge sales. They did, um, if I remember, I believe Armored Core mm-hmm. was them as well, which. I think it's done better sort of globally than necessarily in the US yeah. or on Xbox specifically. But but boy, yeah, they, they are a studio that has now really established themselves. And, and here's the thing. Marty and I have been fortunate enough to actually visit their studio in Japan, and they care so much about their craft. Uh, there's not a ton of flair in their office. It's just their work. And you see just like how much each person at that company cares about their yeah. individual part. Yeah. Yeah, given that all we know is uh, three seconds and there's blood and a rope, it's one of the most anticipated <laughs> games of 2018. Yeah, that's I mean, three seconds, blood and a rope. 20, game of the year, 2018. Uh, that and then the uh, I, I in terms of trailers, yeah, I was at the Game Awards and I actually thought yeah. I really enjoyed myself there. I thought the show they put on was really great. Um, uh, I would have liked more. 
either more awards or less awards because a lot of because they were also just like really quickly VO would be like and uh, Persona Five won uh, RPG of the Year. All right, moving on. And I'm like, well, I, I want to yeah, hear about it's, that. It's tough, I think, because unlike say the Oscars, yeah. you know, if the if the Oscars were like the Game Awards. There'd be half as many awards on the Oscars, but more debut movie trailers. It's like for half, new, for it's, it's half like the Oscars and half like the Super Bowl, right? Where like people tune in for for Super Bowl commercials and trailers and stuff, whereas the Oscars are for give. Yeah, I, no one debuts think, anything. Yeah, the and I think that's the thing is Jeff realized early on nobody's going to watch this mm-hmm. unless there's there are new things to show. Yeah. Hopefully, over time, it can evolve. Where it can be an actual two-hour award show. I mean, yeah. I think the that doesn't really need those. Give not, the awards validity in a way yes. because that is garnering viewership. And then the viewership is Absolutely. exposed to the awards. Uh, the trailer that stood out for me, maybe not a standout, excellent trailer, but a game that I'm excited about nonetheless that was debuted is GTFO, mm-hmm. which is uh, a shooter from uh, being worked on by talent from uh, the Payday, Payday guys, yeah, and Payday, Payday Two, yeah. And yeah. I'm a big fan of those games. Mm-hmm. I think they have their problems. However, um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Left 4 Dead, and obviously Left 4 Dead Three nowhere to be nowhere to be found. <laughs> so what Ever. we have is Vermintide God. and Payday. And I want to see more offshoots of that. And this seemed like a very like uh, straight out of James Cameron's Aliens. I love yeah. the lighting. The that, lighting yeah, was great, like and I love yeah. the VO. Like the tone of that trailer, I thought was really cool. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah. It was just that scene from the APC where Ripley grabs Gorman. He's like, "What are you doing with <laughs> it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't wait to play that. I yeah. hate the name. Love the game. Yeah. Sure. GTFO, like, uh, all right. There's a lot of names taken <laughs> at this point. You got to go with something. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, other, like, uh, I really love the Death Stranding trailer. Obviously, that's not coming to Xbox. But then uh, for stuff coming to Xbox, uh, you have it down here, but the new Campo Santo game I'm super yeah. stoked for. Um, presumably, I mean, I went to their office uh, and talked to them before they revealed it. And they said, yeah, we are announcing platforms, but we want to be on everything. So I imagine it will come to everything. And, and there's no reason why it wouldn't be on no. Xbox and PS4 after how successful Firewatch. Yeah. Yeah, totally. on both of those platforms. Yeah, including PC. Um, but yeah, in the Valley of Gods, which is a lot we'll Talk like, about that a little bit, yeah. because I think that you got to go talk to Sean yeah. Vanneman <laughs> and Jake Rodkin and the team and, and Chris Remo and, and those crew, uh, but the trailer didn't necessarily convey a lot of what the game's all about, and you yeah. have some of that extra content. Yeah, it's a, a first-person adventure game like Firewatch, but it takes place in the late 1920s, and you play uh, as a pair of... Uh, documentary filmmakers who like knocked it out of the park 10 years ago and made this amazing documentary that sort of changed the film landscape in the early 20s but then they had a falling out and they found like their careers didn't really go anywhere and so they get a tip about a uh, lost tomb in Egypt that's been discovered and so these two women are like all right we don't really like each other, but we this could re like this could uh, like be the spark in our career that we need. And so it's you go to Egypt in the late twenties, and uh, the mechanic is you are exploring this tomb, exploring the landscape, sort of solving light puzzles, traversal. Um, the second character will always be on screen. So unlike Delilah in Firewatch, who's a voice in your ear, like she'll be more like think like Elizabeth in yes. Bioshock or Ellie in The Last of Us. Um, and then uh, the big new mechanic is you are shooting a documentary and so you actually can pull out a tripod and put your camera on it and aim and shoot footage of wildlife and the wildlife will have an AI in them that will sort of you know react to you shooting it and shoot shots of sunset and a lot of times shooting something will sort of cue dialogue between the characters or sort of unlock another part of the world and so it's not like think firewatch in terms of it's a grounded story about people with emotional baggage yeah. it's just not gonna have like mummies is there a it scoring seems- system where professor oak comes out and he's like that was great <laughs> <laughs> that was it's the closest thing we're gonna get to i like that this is like pokemon like, snaps yeah this is like hipster snap. pretentious pokemon slap i'm all for that <laughs> i'm 100 for that well i was thinking like is this really the most insane meta 
troll tie-in is to, to Shadow of the Tomb Raider ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really a, yeah. it's 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 a it's a it's a hidden Tomb Raider. It's all happening. Yeah, I, um, I like yeah, the idea of an archaeology game where yeah. the, the primary thing is interaction with another person mm-hmm. and archaeology as opposed to killing. Dozens upon yeah. dozens upon dozens. Which is interesting because like that's us, the stuff you know? uh, one of the I really liked Assassin's Creed Origins, it was one of my favorite games of this year. But uh kill I think people. I really liked I liked wandering around and not killing anything and being like, I want to explore the Sphinx. What's going on under here? So yeah. the the trailer, Marty, if people haven't seen it, has uh uh, a, a very distinct art style, but Ali Moss not involved? No, Ali around? Moss left, but they brought on uh, a new art director and she worked on Westworld VR and uh, like her portfolio is absolutely incredible. Her name's Claire and uh, she has a very, like you can tell it's a Campo Santo game, but what she does with the world and the characters is different than what Ollie did. Yeah. But like in a great way. So um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, and she was like a, she's a giant, like she was sort of the one who pitched the Egypt idea because she's a huge history nerd and so um yeah i don't know i'm really excited for this and 2019 though 2019, so buckle yeah. up yeah i think we're getting uh yeah we're starting to get a couple reveals i think a lot of folks just wanted to get there it's like hey we need to finish this year off with just showing something to the world yeah. and so yeah i would expect uh you know 2019 if it's looking at you know firewatch was an early 2016 game so yes. you know maybe expect early yeah uh i was super excited although i literally almost missed it because of where it was placed in the show. We'll talk about that in a second. A release date mm-hmm. for Sea of Thieves. Yeah. March 20th, 2018, yeah. Sea of Thieves will Soon. release for Xbox One and, of course, Windows 10. If you watch the you live stream of that first. trailer, you can hear two people whooping in the theater, <laughs> and it was Alana and I because everyone else was on their phone because everyone assumed this was a commercial and not a reveal. <laughs> because it was wedged between two other commercials during a segment break. And it wasn't wow. even on, so there was a main screen and two sort of annex screens, and all the commercials would air on the annex screens, and yep. all of the world premieres would air on the main screen. Makes sense. And it was on the annex screens, <laughs> and so we assumed this was just going to be a Sea of Thieves commercial that we had yeah. seen before and then when the date showed up at the end we're like oh no that's microsoft <laughs> announcing one of their three major first party games next year that they, that have been announced are, has a release date that sucks so mm. i want to talk about this for a second because first of all this is awesome news yeah. uh, this is great you know we were sort of always told early 2018 for sea of thieves the alpha the technical tests have been ramping up and up and up and then uh, they continue to do so right now as in fact but I just don't understand how this is a this is, Xbox is a is a platform that has a pretty promising 2018, but has has struggled with at the very least a perception problem mm. of first party games in 2017. And here you have what is, in my opinion, the biggest new IP for Xbox in years. This is rare. They're not making Kinect games anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this pirate game has been has captured everybody's attention who's played it. Yes, this is great. How do you how do you not have make a bigger deal out of that? How is this basically wedged at the end of a trailer in between two other I, ads during a segment break? I don't understand how how Microsoft allows that to happen. So to me this seems like a mistake on like behind the scenes in production like it seems super strange that it wasn't on the main tv that more attention wasn't brought to it and that we're getting the release date uh you know in a more presented manner it's it's just seems bizarre to me it, it has to be a mistake that's the only I, rational I, I, reason i honestly don't think so dude i think this was i don't know i don't think this was a production mistake 
Honestly, for being what there. are they doing? So I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and when you look at the other first parties, like you know, Sony re-revealed Dreams and mm-hmm. had you know Kojima come out with Death Stranding because Kojima and the heart. And, Jeff. and Andrew House came out. <laughs> Andrew House and gave his like sort of really farewell. Like, yeah, speech. and then you look at Nintendo and they had you know not only Zelda winning but the Breath of the Wild DLC and Bayonetta two and, and or Bayonetta one which, and two. Which and Reggie three. came out yeah, to show exactly. So like the fact that like you know that after this thing they didn't cut to Jeff really quickly talking to Phil or Aaron or someone from, or Craig Duncan. Or, I was about to say someone from Rare to be like, yeah, we're super excited. Like a twenty second interview. Yeah, we're super excited that finally we could say that this game is coming out March twentieth and there's gonna be more open betas on the way there. And I don't know. It it, mm. it just seemed like for a thing we are the show is and and Xbox fans are looking forward to so much it was such little fanfare yeah, it makes it seem like Microsoft's not excited about yeah, the release sucks. date you know it's i the only thing that comes to mind is was there supposed to be a cool gameplay demo of some sure. kind planned within the show that the release date was going to be a part of and then maybe there was a, an issue and they just at the last minute couldn't pull it together yeah. and so they went crap we still need to get this release date out there mm. okay let's just throw it like there, there's uh, there's got to be more to this story but at the, the at the end of the day i'm really disappointed with as somebody who's been so excited about sea of thieves that this is how their first new ip in forever and first big game as you've said marty of 2018 mm-hmm. gets <clears throat> gets its flag planted in the ground here's a thought let me get my tinfoil hat on. Before. Oh, please. <laughs> um, we keep one under the desk. Yeah. yeah. So I've I played Sea of Thieves at E3. I've been following that game for a long time. I've been on the Insider program for whatever. Still haven't gotten an invite. What's up with well, that? Well, you're about to. It's <laughs> fine. They're going out now for, yeah, don't sure. worry about it. But uh, in any case, when I did play it, the thing that struck me is somebody who plays games as a service primarily, MMOs, games with crazy progression loops, that is my world. Uh, sea of Thieves struck me as a game, and I know they just put out their pro- progression trailer, but it struck me as a game that is very fun the first time you play it or the second time you play it and then loses a lot of its depth after the mm-hmm. fact. I don't think the combat is not tactical. The combat is very superfluous. Um, and the idea of going around with a crew and doing all this wacky stuff starts to lose its allure after even the third or fourth time you've done it. Uh, granted, the world is beautiful. Granted, I think they have some really good assets. I just think they need to hone in on what the core gameplay is. And if we think back to, I mean, like the the landmark reveal um, at the Game Awards was No Man's Sky. Yeah. Yes. And that was a game that was touted as infinitely replayable. Um, obviously, there was a whole other mess of things. And I'm not mm-hmm. directly comparing that to No Man's Sky. But I do think if you were Microsoft and you're a little bit concerned that this game that is going to come out is not going to have... Um, the depth uh, and, and and the longevity that people might think at first glance. Maybe you're just like, okay, well, let's just let's just uh, get this release date out there. Let's not make a huge deal out of this. See thing. what happens. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I, tinfoil hat off. I, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 re, I respectfully disagree. I, I don't sure. think that's even the the way they're thinking. I mean, I I do agree. Like we've we've all been keeping their feet to the fire on this show and in person at E3. Sure. Like, what's What's going to be the tail on this thing? What's going to keep you playing? I mean, yeah, and I completely agree with you. Like, I've had a blast in all the 20 to 30-minute chunks I've had. Yeah. But when I think about, well, what am I doing 10 hours, 20 hours into this game? Yeah. I'm not really sure yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's up to the game to answer. But I, I just don't, yeah. This release date reveal and how it went is is baffling. Yeah, you you so. might as well have just hyped up a, a trailer and press release on, like, a Monday morning. Yep. So like, I mean, tune in for some news Monday at nine a.m. and then it, and yeah, well, it 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 doesn't really matter after 
today, really. You know, we're, we're having our piece about it, and that's it. And now we'll look forward to the game and to the inevitable sort of alphas and betas that, that run up to, to the release. But, yeah, it's just disappointing that, uh, that this is the sort of treatment that, <laughs> that totally. it gets. Yeah, totally Especially, true. as you said, Marty, I mean, it's, it's the world we live in. Is Sony killed it at the Game Awards, Nintendo killed it, and Microsoft was barely there. Yeah. Completely uh, which was which was odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some other games. Let's what's the well, the one thing Microsoft did have I was about there. to say they were on stage a lot. <laughs> Cuphead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Studio MDHR uh, absolutely cleaning house. They mm-hmm. won 3 awards. Best independent game, best debut indie game, uh, and best art direction. Now I want to specifically <laughs> Yeah, I want to specifically call out best art direction because the other nominees in that category were also indies for indies yeah <laughs> yeah yeah indies called uh the legend of zelda breath of the wild by this little team out of japan <laughs> persona 5 also from yeah. this you know just startup crew in japan <laughs> uh horizon zero dawn these european people you've never heard <laughs> of uh and destiny 2 some some folks in seattle like i think it made you i guess yeah <laughs> Uh, they might. They made this one other Xbox game a long time yeah. ago that a few people played. <laughs> I yeah. can't imagine how surreal it would be for for the, you could see it on them like the Boldenhauers going up there and being like, "How did this happen? <laughs> how and, did we do this?" That was the first award they got. Yeah. By the way, the two other indie awards came later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and but here's the thing: they deserved it. Yeah, Not totally. that these other games that I just listed didn't deserve it, but Cuphead deserved mm-hmm. this. Uh, if if it's stunning to. I mean, we've we've talked, uh, we've filled shows with with praise for the art direction in that game, and I just I feel so good for them. I mean, it's just it's the exclamation point to a wonderful story and a wonderful year for the Moldenhauer family, yeah. uh, all of them. Again, I I encourage any anybody who's the slightest bit interested in Cuphead, please watch. Uh, the current episode of IGN Unfiltered. It's uh, Chad. I had Chad and Jared Moldenhauer right here, and we spent an hour and twenty minutes talking through their whole unbelievable life story of how they came uh, to from day jobs and in non gaming careers to to where they are now. Um, and and Forza Motorsport Seven did take home best racing game. I don't think that was on stage. Nope. That award that was just one of those. The vast other, majority of them were either on the pre-show or yeah. just uh, just mentioned briefly. Yeah, uh, and and congrats to Turn Ten there because turns out uh, there were a there were a lot of racing games this year. Yeah, like a lot, a of lot. Good, and a lot of good racing. Yeah, games. Project Cars Two was an excellent game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gran Turismo Sport was yeah, solid as dirt well. Four. Yeah, Dirt as well. So uh, good stuff for Turn Ten. Uh, the other things I wanted to mention here: uh, Devil May Cry HD Collection. I was hoping for a new game. <laughs> I think, not, yeah, cool. I think we're going to get a new game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. It's I, the Capcom way. Yeah, uh, is to just re- how much money can they wring out of re-releasing the same things again, yeah. and then they'll build on. Devil May Cry HD. All the old Street Fighters are coming back in a collection. Mega yeah. Man. Mega, Mega Man. Man. We're getting. A, we yeah. are getting a new Mega Man game. Yeah. In, in addition to the collection, so Mega Man's cool. Yeah, I would bet <laughs> you. I'd be willing to make the old In and Out lunch bet that uh, we'll we'll get that Devil May Cry DM six uh, on either Sony's or Microsoft stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next I've, done, I've, I've heard rumors that it's been being worked on for the last couple of years, and that it's yeah. like pretty far along. So this could it could be one of those secret twenty eighteen fall games. Mm. Even in the DMC game, like the combat's so good. Yeah, it's so good. 
I'm excited so, for the yeah. idea that in, in theory, if this is in development, that we have this Bayonetta and God of War all coming back, oh, like nice. these three premier sort of now, action. If Team Ninja would just rev up a new Ninja Gaiden as well, <laughs> what if what if that's what if that's so what the FromSoft game is? Uh, <laughs> uh, so thirty bucks for this Devil May Cry HD collection. At least it's mm-hmm. priced well, and it's and, one, two, and three. Yeah, so and all three. And are running at 60 frames, which is great to see. Out one and three. Out March 13th (laughs) for that. And it turns out March is getting pretty packed because we've got Sea of Thieves, I already mentioned, Devil May Cry HD collection, March 13th. Uh, A way out, Marty. Joseph Farris. Yeah. Who... Hey, pretty well stole the show. If anybody... He was jet-lagged. Saw it. Yeah, he was definitely (laughs) jet-lagged. What happened... What did Joseph Farris do at the Game Awards, if uh, folks haven't seen it? Well, it, it, before revealing the the new trailer for A Way Out, which was one of our favorite games of E3 and uh, its release date, he sort of just uh, commandeered the stage with Jeff. He Kanye'd that. He Kanye'd it. Uh, <laughs> he said uh, he, he, he made a very disparaging remark against the Oscars, which I found <laughs> weird. So I was like, you, were, uh, you made movies for most of your career. Why would you do this? Like, well, that explains it. Yeah, okay. Um, and then he... <laughs> He, he uh, started to talk about EA's troublesome last couple months. Yeah. And how, Which is, by the way, the company that's publishing his yeah. game. That's oh, I cannot. <laughs> I, I can imagine like 20 feet away his PR handler being like, God, why are you doing it? Well, it's <laughs> just, just like popping open a yeah. bottle. Of <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I did really like how he's like, all publishers make mistakes. Like everyone, yeah, everyone F's up. And I'm like, yeah, we literally have a feature about how we put a feature in production of going off his quote of all publishers F up. Of going into every publisher and being like, "What's the worst time they've screwed up?" <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, "Oh cool. wow, that's not true." Like, no one comes out of this clean. Like, everyone has done something <laughs> awful before. Um, yeah, I get. There's like, there's, there's sort of two sides of this. Like, some people are like, "This is super unprofessional," and I understand that side. Like, I can't imagine what it was like being Jeff there. The other side is, I feel like this humanized EA in a way in 2017 that they really haven't been humanized uh, after you know the rough launch of Mass Effect Andromeda and then the Mass Effect series going on hiatus mm-hmm. you know to some major visceral closing yeah down. visceral closer uh, major shakeups in Bioware and then you know all this Battlefront microtransaction nonsense um, so I don't know I feel like this could have been a secret good publicity move that was probably awful for EA at first but I think over time might be good <laughs> And yeah, and we'll here's the, here's my thing with Joseph and uh, believe me I have asked uh, I've actually communicated with Joseph directly he we're, he will get in here he will be in here at some point <laughs> before the game launches we will tie him to the chair yeah, just don't uh, don't tell yet you're doing that <laughs> <laughs> Shh, that's all he talks that's right they don't watch this oh. um, but uh, for me his and this has always been true long before the game awards his just unrestricted enthusiasm yeah, for what he yeah. does and that that uh, unbridled honesty I I love the guy for it I, yeah. I just he's I find him to be uh, great I love the guy yeah. I just think he's I, if I wish more developers were he's insane but sincere were, were like, yeah that's like, that's <laughs> it there's no PR mask yeah. there's no you know there's no uh, sort of corporate visage going on there it's just mm-hmm. him yeah speaking from the heart and one really cool thing about uh, so way out it's the it's the uh, sort of break out of prison co-op game the entire game is co-op a uh, cool feature he said is that it when you buy the game you get a token system and so you can gift the game to someone else hmm. and so oh, that's the whole thing is like you don't need to be like well oh, both nice. of us need to buy it so like if you and your best friend or a family member or significant Great. other want to play this game you one copy is two copies wow. which is the yeah. most 
First of all, yes, that's it's awesome. Right? And it's the, I mean, it's the most fan friendly thing. Yeah, for a game that, that is that requires co op. Yeah, and so you want to play with someone you know. You don't want to like match up with a stranger. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's that's the thing. It's like you don't want to make the game cost. Actually, I don't know if it's a secure yeah, game. Is there a price point? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure, but oh, that's interesting. I assumed it was sixty, but I guess this is sort of like this is this could be like range a forty. Yeah, yeah, this could totally. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but in any case, yeah, the, the buddy token thing's great. So it's just like if I think that's really cool. You don't even need. If you just if you just buy it and then just convince a friend and say like hey want to play this for me yeah. with me for free there you go no problem yeah I'm really excited for this game and it is out March twenty third so the same week that Sea of Thieves is out we get a way out wow as well uh, so that's fantastic and then the the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, hate to end on on a bit of a downer maybe you guys will disagree I, there was a new trailer for Metro Exodus which is uh, of course, the latest in the first-person shooter series. It's a single-player first-person shooter series, and it debuted on Microsoft stage at E3 yeah. and was one of the most impressive things there. This just stunning first-person trailer. Uh, I thought this Game Awards trailer was not good, and I thought it it uh, it reeked of sort of that Watch Dogs, Aliens, Colonial Marines downgrade like uh oh is this this is the real game not that it looked bad because mm-hmm. it still looked very nice but th- that e3 thing was stunning and i thought this trailer was a noticeable step down and it's not to say maybe it's going to get back there development works in mysterious ways where the game's still a ways out it might you know polish up and get back to the that sort of initial thing we saw but I was left scratching my head a little bit at that Metro Exodus trailer. So I'm still excited for Metro Exodus. I still love the way it was presented at E3. That gave me an idea of what the gameplay is actually going to be like. I think this trailer, and I agree with you, I didn't enjoy it. I think it just suffers from bad direction. Like, I don't understand why they chose some of the shots that they chose. It's entirely presented in third person, which is not how you play yeah. the game. You're it was first, first person, person, like two-thirds of the way in. Get yeah, a couple shots. Yeah, uh, like two shots of the first person. So I'm just like, this is just like super strange, disjointed from the the first idea of the experience that you gave us. At sure. It. I, th- I think this is a symptom of the initial trailer being too ambitious with its presentation. Mm-hmm. That looked to me like a, a cooked trailer. Like it, there was post-processing or, or whatever. I'm, I'm not really hyper-familiar with the idea of taking gameplay and saying this is running in-engine, mm-hmm. even though the whole thing seemed like a big cinematic to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of had that like 2004, 2005 vibe where that was the standard. Like the Killzone 2 thing? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but I've played Metro 2033 and uh, Last Light and on PC, and those are very, very, very good-looking games. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is just Hey, we want to we want to make sure we're showing this running on an Xbox One or Xbox One X, and this is what it looks like. Yeah, you can uh, yeah. So I wasn't surprised by sort of the visual downgrade because I totally after seeing the E3 trailer, which I was like, "This is awesome! No way, this is what the video game looks like." Mm-hmm. Just by the way the camera was moving, I was yeah. like, "This is very unnatural." Like you're presenting first person. This is not what a video game looks like in first person. Yep. Just the the flow of it. That being said, I talked to some people after the game awards who know the game a lot better than I do and who have some like Intel on it. And they said that that E3 demo was run like that could have been controlled by a human. Mm-hmm. So, well, you, I don't know, which is what they claimed at the time. Yeah, too, totally. You know? So like, I don't like, I don't know who that's who, probably who their 90th playthrough, Marty. And sure. like they do it until they get it right. Sure. Yeah. You know, so no. for the E3 demo, that's what we got. This trailer, like I said, I think anything we're seeing is a visual down. I think it's just bizarrely directed. I don't mm-hmm. understand the angles yeah. that they chose. I'm still totally excited and, for the game. I, like, oh, I, I love the other Metro games. I'm, yeah. I'm purely calling out the visual situation yeah. of how it's like, I feel like they, they, 
they did themselves a disservice by releasing this trailer mm-hmm. simply because instead of sort of adding on to the hype, it left me going, wait a second. <laughs> Hold yeah. on. Well, you have to temper expectations. Let's go to the tape point. and go back to the <laughs> E3 know? trailer and see what we've got. But I suppose, the, is this a better scenario or is it just a Kobayashi Maru no-win scenario yeah. where you were showing this trailer and now you were tempering expert Star Trek, tempering <laughs> expectations um, versus just releasing it and then it doesn't look good at all? Yeah. I think this was so bad that people are going to forget it ever happened and they will just wait for the next good trailer. The trailer presentation, I mean. I'm still excited for Metro Exodus. I remember the E3 trailer because that's what i'm going to be playing not whatever that was that is true you're you're yeah. you're for better or for worse the internet mm-hmm. has a short memory right? yeah so it's yeah. as long as you if your next trailer is awesome mm-hmm. that's that's the game's back mm-hmm. to being i'm awesome. still gonna play that game so. uh, and by the way a way out is 30 dollars. oh nice oh, great. so it's okay. two of you can play for wow. 30 dollars. wow which is a piece. that's nice uh, all right now i want to move on to the destin and duggan segment. oh yeah. i played yeah. one match last night Oh, you got to kill. You've never played, right, Marty? Never played. Getting a kill, dude, that's no that's small. And then I got killed and I didn't know what happened. All right. Yeah, well. So <laughs> PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds released in game preview to Xbox One this week. It's $29.99. So if you buy it now, uh, you're getting a decidedly unfinished game, which we're going to talk about oh, yeah. here in a lot of detail. But <laughs> that's all you have to pay. So as the game does evolve and improve and head towards a, a 1.0 final release, you've paid all you're going to pay. Whereas uh, if you sit on the sidelines uh, and and just wait for it to be done, you might end up paying more. We don't know. Mm. We don't know if they'll price it higher later. I don't but think that will be the case. We don't know. It's possible. But that this that's sort of the the principle of game preview and early sure. access in sure. general. That happened with Ark. Like when Ark finally shipped, it was sixty bucks. But if you got in on Xbox Game Preview. It was 30 bucks, and you never had to pay any more. So uh, with that out of the way, so uh, it's, release, it's a huge deal release. Mm-hmm. Xbox gamers have been waiting for this uh, since E3, since it was announced. And now that it's here, it is most definitely an unfinished game. Yep. Uh, whether you compare it to the current PC version or take it in a vacuum. So guys, where... How is it on Xbox One? Marty, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, well, actually, I, I definitely want to hear from Marty as well as somebody who hasn't played the game. So, guys, where, where does this game stand? How do you feel about it in its current form on Xbox, and where does it need to go? It's really bad. It's rough. Yeah, it's yeah. a rough experience. We did a live stream yesterday where we played a whole bunch. Uh, servers aren't stable. You can get kicked and then rejoin. A lot of people are talking about that. Uh, Digital Foundries thing says it runs sub 30. It's an average oh, of like 26 frames sure. per second. It, on, a, on a standard Xbox One or an X? I believe on an uh, Xbox One X. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, controls are difficult, to say the least, if not cumbersome. But once you, I've been playing a lot. I've probably played about 25 matches now. I get the controls. I'm in. The rewarding aspects of the gameplay are still intact. And when you go to chicken dinner, it still feels like a massive victory beating out all 100 players. So that that gameplay loop is still there. It has a ton of optimization that needs to be done, though. And there, there, are, there are other issues, too, that I think are more mm-hmm. longstanding that um, could potentially just impact the health of the game in the long term on Xbox One. You were coming at it from a perspective of somebody who's already played on PC, knows what to do, understands the circle, understands picking up loot, mm-hmm. understands all the all these things, um, and it's a very different play experience on the Xbox One. Totally. It, it is a game that is created for the PC, uh, and most importantly, from a control standpoint, that is then being ported to the Xbox One and Xbox One X, and you can see that there are three major issues with the Xbox hey. One version of PUBG. By the way, I'm a huge PUBG fan. Yeah. I love the game. The we best server on PC, the desert map is superb. I'm playing it 
four to five hours a night, much to the uh, chagrin of my girlfriend. Uh, but <laughs> on Xbox One, uh, Muddy Textures, the game looks very bad. Um, number two, performance. You were getting in the pregame lobby, you're getting maybe 10 to 15 frames on the... The fly-in, uh, the map's literally chugging on along. On the fly-in, it's maybe five frames. And then yeah. when you finally do start to get into the gameplay after the initial drop... Rubber banding. You're getting uh, close to 30. <laughs> it's playable. But that is just... Uh, performance and graphics, and the other huge, 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 huge issue is controls. Um, and there are two aspects. It's a uh, two-sided problem with controls. On the one hand, shooting is really difficult because this is not a hit-scan game. Every projectile no is being analysis. calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things like bullet drop, there's things like leading your target, there's things like zeroing mm-hmm. your scope. And on a PC, that's part of the skill, mm-hmm. right? But when you are playing on an Xbox One with zero aim assist on the controller and somebody is running perpendicular to you or zigzagging, good luck, man. That is really difficult. And I was in a game. I got a chicken dinner last night at work. Uh, Here's the thing. People are just getting in cars and driving them because you can barely hit a person if they're in a car. It is is actually a strategy on console to get in a car and drive it around until you get into the top 10 and then actually engage in your fights. It could be boring. But uh, I happen to have an LMG, so I'm just like, all right. Let's do this. And I just light up his car and blow it up. And <laughs> that uh, works. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Party. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Oh, go well, the, the, the second side of that control yeah. issue is looting and inventory management, which is a very important part of the game. When you watch like very, very, very good players like Grimm's play, you hardly see what he's picking up or what he's doing in the inventory screen. Happening so fast, right? He's picking this up. He's equipping this attachment. He's loading this ammo. He's dropping these bandages he doesn't need. Um, and on Xbox, that is like a, you know, you can see somebody and, and wait as they stand over <laughs> somebody's corpse, looting it for 30 to 45 seconds, not moving. Mm-hmm. Um, you can move while you loot because do looting that. is bound to the D-pad, okay. but then movement is bound right. to the left analog stick. So you kind of have to do one of these scenarios. Um, but uh, then it's just also incomprehensible and very convoluted. Like it's A to equip straight from... Uh, and sometimes Ground, it works, sometimes it doesn't. And then X to put in your inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking off attachments is a big pain. I don't think you can remove them one at a time. I think you just have to remove all you of them. You can. You hit, it's, I don't even remember, but like you hit X on the gun you want to remove it from. You select the thing you want, then you drag it up to where you want it to. It's, it's not easy, but having played enough matches, I'm getting used to the controls. I can loot fairly quickly now. You have to tap down on the d-pad like if you're if two people are dead and you want to loot those two corpses and they have 20 items each you're tapping down 40 times before you get to that one can of soda that you want to get it is a dangerous situation and you need to be able to back out of scenarios like that it is so funny yeah because i literally played my first match on anything ever last night and totally noticed the like when the plane was coming in i was like ooh, this isn't good (laughs) like chugging and yes like we can get into this after this of i have some theories on why the game isn't running quite well and it's because it had to come out in 2017 yeah uh but uh yeah lending like i i in the four minutes five minutes i was alive in this game i totally understand why people love this game uh like i just you know stumbled like went over a hill and then saw two guys fighting and one guy killed the other guy and then he shot the other guy in the back and i was like well i don't feel good about this but at least i killed <laughs> i killed someone so i felt good and then yes i did go to loot both their corpses which took a very long time yeah and i'm just like what button do i hit i'm like oh what's going on here and i'm just looking and i totally sort of forgot the fact that there was a 99 other people well i guess 98 sure. that killed one of them sure. out there to try to kill me mm-hmm. and then just a sniper killed me i was like yeah i probably shouldn't have done that yeah. i was like yeah, prob- yeah. that probably wasn't the best way to go about this um so a lot of these fixes i mean controls i don't 
think you can fix. Like, not fix, but I, like, I think you have to adapt to a controller. That's just especially, it sounds, especially yeah. shooting. Yeah. Because even if you put aim assist in there, uh, depending upon the, the, the distance as well as the movement of somebody, mm-hmm. if they're darting back and forth, like you can't, if it's not hit scan, you can't really well, and if, compensate. And if for you want to lead a target or if there's bullet drop, like, that's not like aim assist isn't going to help with that. Right. Imagine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine you're like, you know, scoping over a guy and your aim assist and it's dragging you along a little yep. bit and it's dragging you right over the crosshair right over his head and you pull the trigger. The bullet is landing two feet behind him. So you would have to compensate for that. It's possible, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think uh, even if the optimization gets to a place where it's running smoothly, it's looking OK. I don't think it's ever going to look great on this platform. Uh, it barely even looks great on PC on mm-hmm. the show with like anti-aliasing off. Yeah. Um, but even if you get to that point, I do think that there are just fundamental issues with the control scheme in terms of shooting that um, are going to be a huge hurdle that is potentially uh, cannot be passed. The one benefit, though, is at least everybody has that handicap. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe those people don't even Zen, know what you're using. Like Zen. you don't know what the other side is like. If you're only playing on Xbox, maybe you don't know what life is like with a mouse and keyboard. So, so. last night after playing, uh, I got about 10 hours on Xbox already. Um, after playing that, I went back to PC and it actually impacted my gameplay <laughs> negatively on PC because I had adjusted to the controller settings. Yeah. So, um, yeah, now I got to go back and I got to be like, oh, I got to get back in Picked PC up some bad mode habits. and yeah. I have like all these bad habits. Like on console, it's more about like get in a car, drive to the circle because nobody's going to be able to take you out on the bridge. You cannot... Like, they'll just kill you if you take a car across the bridge 90% of mm-hmm. the time. A uh, lot more automatic weapon usage on Xbox versus on, on console. It's just like it's way harder to get a sniper shot. Yeah. Uh, you need to be moving constantly on Xbox. And if, you just, if you're doing that, it's going to be really hard to kill you. So, yeah, it's just like the UMP is stronger on the, the console than it is on PC because it's an automatic rate of fire weapon and it's a lot of spray and play, spray and pray, which is... <laughs> how i've been successful yes, i mean it sounds like from what you guys are saying that the the, the xbox version may need a an absolute just like rethink on yep. the control side i I'm, just start like just like a first principles mm. let's start over on the controls sure. I, and go from there i disagree i think the controls are good okay i'm not gonna say Ooh. great uh, like hold, hold X to reload. I think it's the best they can do with the amount of things that you have to be able to do in PUBG without dramatically changing the gameplay style of the game on console. I think you need to have things like radial menus. I think when you loot somebody, there should be sections of different things that Wait, you they can... don't already have that. No, 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 no. no, no. Like it's, lots it's, of other it's the PC. Shooters? So like if you loot somebody, I think mm-hmm. it should pull up a radial menu. Here are the weapons he has. Here's the armor he has. Here's the ammo he has. Here's the healing items. And you can go through and then you can kind of like select from there. Uh, That's a good idea. So I think the I think the inventory can be improved a lot. I think the mm-hmm. core shooting experience would need a major rethink um, about bullet travel time logic about recoil i think they would need to adjust recoil models i think they may they may as well just like put bullet velocity up to light speed so it performs a little bit more <laughs> like that scan yeah um because you're, you're having no aim assist and man it's it's just really really tough well, playing on controller with aim assist on other games and then coming to this and um the other thing that we haven't talked about is squads and duos oh i didn't um, play any of that I've been and, all solos. And this is what has kept me, I have over 200 hours on the PC version, and this is what has entertained me for 199 of those hours, is jumping in there with friends. It's less like, oh man, this is a really visceral, crazy survival experience. And more like, this is a game I can sit down and play for six hours a night and not be stressed out when I leave. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. And you get into these very emergent, 
firefight scenarios that are completely dissimilar to previous um, matches you've played in PUBG. And that's what, for me, is the meat of this content. And I just hope that people can still experience that on Xbox. And I think they can. But there's a long way to go. I'm going to go back on the control thing. Good is too positive a word. I'll go with it's okay. It's average. I, I hope that they make improvements, like a radial wheel. Like They need to figure out how to optimize for console versus PC, because right now it's just PC. And if I have to scroll from the top all the way to slot number 40 to pick up a can of soda... That's just that's not good enough. It has to be a faster response time than that. Yeah, it sounds to me. Yeah. So I haven't had a chance to play yet. I'm going to be playing this week slash this weekend because uh, I'm actually in Marty's boat. I have not played on PC. I I am in general a person who I I have uh, I'm busy enough between work and home where I'm not really into playing early access games. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the heck out of people that do that are putting in the feedback to help make the game better. Uh, there are so many games out, and I have so much stuff going on in life that I'm content to just wait for it to be done, mm-hmm. and then that's play, a great attitude, <clears throat> and then play the polished version. And and everything you guys are saying is making me want to apply that here and just not even jump into this. But I will you, jump into it because this is the biggest Xbox release of the year. Yeah. But my my thinking is like at Microsoft. Uh, it's it's a tough situation for them. They they this is a getting the game is a huge win. Oh yeah, there's absolutely no doubt about that. But I feel like they almost kind of painted themselves into a corner in a sense by, as Marty alluded to earlier, by promising it this year, and then we didn't get a date, and we didn't get a date, and it was like, mm-hmm. and we were, I was sitting here on the show <laughs> saying it's going to be the last week of December, isn't it? There's yeah. only two Tuesdays Pretty left. Close. Wait, it's yeah. Not far off, mm-hmm. and I do wonder uh, they the decision that they probably had to make was. How broken of a state do we release? Because it's it's already going into preview. So mm-hmm. okay, that expectation is set. This is not a finished the, game. The first screen you say is see is this is not finished. Right. This is preview. But, yeah, I, I just and, and obviously these issues that are that we're you're talking about now yeah. are probably going to be forgotten and over with in a month from now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is a it's it's a it's a little bit of shame to see the launch be a little bumpy just because of how how rough a state this this does yeah, to be and launching. I would even go as far to say, this is the last thing I want to say about PUBG on Xbox One. I'm going to disagree with Destin and say that this, in its current state on Xbox One, if you go in and play, you are not getting the definitive PUBG experience, not even the definitive PUBG experience. experience. You are not understanding why this is such an important and excellent game. Uh, the, the communication is being garbled uh, in the way that you would send a signal and I get an excellent crystal clear picture of a beautiful sunset with mountains everywhere uh maybe you get it on your cell phone and it's just completely like 180p and you're like i don't understand why this is pretty it it is being lost in translation for me with the controls with the performance mm -hmm. with the looting it's a totally different experience and my biggest concern with this is xbox players are going to come into PUBG and be turned off by they're going to play one or two rounds and they're going to be like man those pc guys are crazy this is terrible yeah uh, that's not what I've noticed so far. Uh, everybody who's responding to the Xbox build who's been playing on Xbox has been having a good time, even with all the considerations. Like, it's a bad port. Like, it's in a rough state right now. But you're still getting the intensity of those action moments when you engage with other players. And that is the experience that I think people are taking away. They recognize that this is a preview build, that it has a lot of enhancements or optimizations to be made. And I totally agree with you on that respect. But I still think they're getting the core gameplay experience and they're understanding why it's special. And, and to to be, give Mike 
Microsoft Fair Credit, they have been extraordinarily clear the whole way that this is game preview. This mm-hmm. is not a finished game. Uh, it certainly helps. It helps their messaging that the PC version's not out of early access yeah. yet either. So you Seven are days. you are Good. getting an unfinished experience. Now. But yeah. so James, are you are you saying? Because I think most people are probably in the the Marty and and myself sure. boat where they we haven't played it yet yeah. on PC. We've heard about how crazy successful it is. Oh. Do you are are you saying that you do not recommend Xbox players play it right now? That is exactly what I'm saying. I think if you're an Xbox One player or an Xbox One X player, even you should wait because I think that you are going to go in. You're going to be like, man, this is a really janky experience, and I get why like the hardcore players are into this, but this game just isn't for me. When really, I think it is. I think PUBG appeals to a much more casual audience than it lets on from the Twitch streamers and the fanfare around competitive gaming. It is a game that you can get on with your friends. You can have a really fun experience for four or five or six hours at a time. It's very addicting to get back in there and try again. Um, it's a pick, pick yourself back up scenario. Basically, the core experience for me of PUBG is in Daisy. you would have to loot for three hours to get kitted out and you would get into a firefight and that firefight would be the most intense shooting video game experience of your life because you had three yeah. hours on the line. PUBG boils that down to what is the minimum amount of time investment that I need to confer that experience to a player. And it turns out to be two or three minutes of looting. You don't need to do that long to capture that tension. But I I am too afraid that you'll jump in. You'll be like, this is the epitome of early access. This is the epitome of unfinished. This is not a product I want to support. This is not something that I am really into as a gamer, and it's just not for me. So I would say to both of you, Personally, and this is just coming from me, yep. I would wait. I, w- I would uh, be in the, the Ryan McCaffrey mindset of let this get optimized, mm-hmm. let them figure out what they have to figure out, wait for it to get out of game preview, then jump on and make your assessment of the game um, because it is, it's a really awesome game. It is right. a really, I like really these, good game. Uh, I like these differing perspectives mm-hmm. here. This is good. So we'll be keeping, obviously, an extraordinarily close eye on PUBG on Xbox. Destin, we're going to be counting on you week to week to sort of keep us up to date on uh, on the state of changes and, sure. and how the game continues to evolve on Xbox because this is this is arguably the biggest release of the oh, year yeah. well, on Xbox despite it being a game preview game yeah and one other thing to consider is right now it is running so good on PC and then to uh, basically go back to day one on Xbox it is a little jump yeah and there's not a huge yeah. disparity in the, in in the versions right mm-hmm. they just added vaulting yeah on on PC that's a very new feature like mm-hmm. a week or two old on the live server um, that is in the Xbox version so this is the same version this isn't the PC version eight months ago mm-hmm. so they just they have a long way to go. All right, let's move on to a little bit of news here. We've been chatting for a while, which is good. It's good to have got a lot to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I thought great. that was I love that conversation. Is, great job, guys. Game. So, Ghost Recon Wildlands. This is one of the biggest selling games of the year. I would argue somewhat quietly. At least I, I feel like the hardcore kind of IGN community doesn't talk about Ghost Recon a ton. We mm. don't here, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which is on us. I mean, it's it's a good game. Uh, it scored well. You know, didn't get an amazing score from IGN, but it has continued to sell and sell and sell. Uh, well, it's probably going to sell a little more now <laughs> because they have added Predator. Yeah, to Ghost Recon, which it, so my I'll walk you through. In, I'll take you inside my brain for a second. What? That makes perfect yeah. sense. <laughs> that was the exact yeah. train of thought that I had. Uh, this makes this is it does. It's crazy, yeah. but it, yeah. does it does make perfect sense. Such a good tone piece for that reveal trailer too. Like I loved yeah. that reveal trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is and and I think they're seeing 
you know, you look at the Friday the 13th game, you look at, uh, was it Dead by Daylight that has, uh, like, Freddy Krueger yep. and, like, oh, a yeah. couple other, like, horror icons. Like, I think... And Payday. And Payday, yeah, and- totally. Like, so, like, by adding these, like, sort of cultural phenomenon characters to what is already a successful game especially after the fact way after the fact and especially in this it makes so much (laughs) yeah in this it makes so much sense like you said like wait what and then you're like oh no this makes perfect sense this sounds exactly like something you'd be playing through ghost recon wildlands with a friend and they'd be like dude you know it'd be so cool if there was a predator game but it was just like this like big open world four of us like (laughs) jungle hunted hunting and it's it is like bolivian jungle you're in the bolivian jungle so perfect Kill me! I'm here. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Uh, I can't. I, I, I see, can't wait. It, this. I want to play it. I haven't played this game since launch. Now I want to play it again. Yeah, uh, a lot of games have been doing this. This is really smart for Ghost Recon Wildlands. I want to check it out now. Uh, Division just had a fantastic update that are getting a lot of people reinvested in those properties. Uh, this is cool. I want to play. And kudos to Ubisoft because. That the the predator is not free for them to go out and you know they could have for them to go out and get this content it, it probably cost them more than it would have to develop some just pure internally sourced Weird monster yeah. thing uh, yeah like they had to go out and and pay somebody Fox I guess yeah. I, don't, I don't know Whoever who the hell owns Predator but uh, yeah this this is great stuff so uh, look for that imminently i think is is it up i know they were streaming it ubisoft was streaming it today yeah, if not up it's, we it's, it's like out any, today or now. yesterday yeah. yeah so check out ign or our youtube page for that uh, metal gear survive mm-hmm. uh, remember that one no marty does marty not. <laughs> like not to there is a, there is a new metal gear game which uh which has the the burden to bear of not having kojima affiliated with it well you are going to get a shot at it with an open beta happening January 18th to the 21st, the beta will allow players to enter a co-op mode that sees them build, defend, and fight alongside friends online. Playing the beta earns players bonus items in the full game, including a foxhound nameplate, a Metal Gear Rex head accessory, and a bandana accessory. This game is out for real. Final version, February 20th. I had no idea it was that close. Yeah, go figure. So... Metal Gear Survive. Marty, you you seem nonplussed. I'm absolutely nonplussed. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Metal Gear Solid series, the, the five core games in Peace Walker, are six of my favorite games of all time. Uh, and just everything I've seen from this game, like, I don't even care that people are like, this isn't Metal Gear. And I'm like, well, Metal Gear, everything is Metal Gear because <laughs> like, that series is insane. So, like, yeah, totally a vortex opening up after Ground Zeroes and getting sucked into a world with weird crystal zombies. I'm like, yeah, that's totally fine. That's That, that could be Metal Gear. I just don't, the fact that this is now a, like, base building it just seems sort of like that crafting Fortnite thing. None of this seems interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like none of this is, is what I want from a metal gear game. Um, and like that, like, you know, systemically and mechanically, uh, phantom pain was so deep. It had so many interesting systems. Uh, and you could sort of go as deep or as shallow as you wanted. Um, if yeah. you just wanted the story, you could sort of skim the surface, but if you really wanted to dig into it, you could go deeper. Everything I've seen from the, from the trailers and from what they're trying to cobble together, the story just seems like, I don't know, just a hard pass for me. Yeah, the combat uh, is very tactical. It yeah. very much seems, you know, the tranquilizer gun. Uh, it, it makes sense in the context of, of the Phantom Pain and what you're doing yeah. in that game. The combat works. When you take that and put it in a very bullet spray environment where you're just zombie horde and you're going crazy like that doesn't sound good to me yeah and like uh, you're picking up like sheets of scrap metal and using them as melee weapons and i'm like no this looks like a thing i want to do i'll this check it is, out though yeah oh, i mean i'll give I mean, it it's, the it's, open beta. Yeah, you can play it for beta. three days for yeah. free at the end of january so yeah. you can't i don't know maybe i'm wrong i'd love to be wrong i'll play it for my job i'm not <laughs> interested in this at all 
this isn't Metal Gear. Yeah, like yeah, you love Metal Gear too. Yeah, I, I love Metal Gear. Um, I'm just like, what even is this? You're slapping Metal Gear on something that's totally different. Like, I hope I'm going to be interested to see if they ever try and give us the core gameplay experience like Phantom Pain did, uh, Konami. Uh, but whatever this is, just get it out so I can forget it exists. Ouch. I don't know. They should have just added this to Metal Gear Online, which still has like a, a small but really yeah, intense point. community to it. Make it a mode, right? Yeah. Well. Everybody can judge for themselves with this beta happening January 18th to the 21st. Mm-hmm. Uh, Destin, quickly, oh, if God. you would. I know you have a whole Destiny show <laughs> for this. Give me, the, give me the Cliff's Notes version. There's a lot of drama going on with Destiny. It was yeah. a 60-second right episode in 30 what seconds. What is happening with salt, this video salt, game? Salt, salt. Okay, so Bungie released uh, Curse of Osiris. When Curse of Osiris released, the big drama going on right now is that it actually locked people out of the prestige activities, including the Nightfall and the Raid. Those activities are tied to their achievements for the base game. It was also a feature that you were allowed to participate in when you bought the base game. Uh, there was also faction rallies, which have now been delayed so that all players can experience it. Basically, the first DLC came out, and they're like, cool, base game players, you're locked out of all the best stuff now. And... In my review, I call it, I'm like, this is, what are you doing? And they've, they are fixing it. They are going back. They're making those prestige activities available. Uh, the Nightfall is still available, but when it is Curse of Osiris missions, you will have to have Curse of Osiris to play it. All right. On top of that, there's a bunch of other stuff going on. There is an XP thing going on that was a few weeks ago where basically they're incentivizing people to buy stuff at, Eververse or whatever. With real money. Yeah, with real money. Uh, there's more items in there. People are just really not on board with Bungie, yep. not on board with Destiny 2 right now. So, quick and question. Osiris wasn't that great either. Uh, yeah. I that's, that's a bummer to hear. I feel like yeah. there's none of nowhere near this level of drama with Destiny 1, despite the repeated content updates that were made for that game. What is different now? Why, why, they, why is all this happening with... On their second game, when theoretically you would think everything's more polished, they they know what to do. <laughs> you tell me, man. <laughs> so pe- people finally caught up to the end game, and they're all seeing right now that it's very shallow. And so there's not much to do. There's after. nothing to do. There's okay. nothing to chase. None of the weapons are interesting. None of the exotics are interesting. PvP is not fun. People are not enjoying their time in PvP. Streamers play PvP, and they're just like, this isn't engaging like it's my audience doesn't like watching this and destiny one like had their pvp down and they decided we're just gonna totally change it and even if you do jump on for pvp the game requires a level of commitment out of you that it's not willing to put in itself an example being trials wants you to win seven games in a row the servers can't keep seven of course good luck staying connected yeah the servers can't keep me connected for four games Mm -hmm. so you tell me how you want me to play this game because that's the third time I've gotten disconnected from an otherwise flawless trials run. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play that game anymore. Uh, it, it, there are all, and it's a cry wolf scenario where there are so many things wrong and so many mistakes that are being continued to be made in spite of the community being very clear about what they would like. And I don't think these are crazy requests. Uh, and, and Bungie is just continuously on this thing of, uh, kind of fix one thing, mess up something else, apologize, kind of fix another thing. And it's, it's a cry wolf thing where I'm like, you were one of the oldest FPS developers in the history of gaming. Well, uh, consoles. You, you had, you had, I mean, even going back as far as marathon, you had uh, destiny one to figure all this stuff out. There's plenty of online RPG uh, games as a service things you can be referencing. 
And like at some point, I'm just tired of hearing it. Uh, so me as a player, like it's I anytime I boot that game up, despite the raid being really good, just go on tilt because I I just can't play it until all this stuff is fixed. And frankly, they've kind of lost me as a fan because they're just not well. Like put dedicated servers in for your PvP, man. And, and I think what James is saying right now is how the community feels. It's just kind of like, why am I even playing this? Like, oh, you screwed up again. Okay, like I'm done. Like, how many chances do they get? Yeah, you know, yeah. before people are just like, no, I'm going to play something else. I'll check it out in a year, and maybe you've gotten your stuff together. Maybe you're still running into <coughs> problems. All right, well, tune into yeah. Fireteam Chat on Fridays, where there will be, a, be a uh, uplifting episode. There'll be a psychiatrist uh, <laughs> on the panel to help them work through their their issues. Also, uh, elect Mayor James Duggan. I noticed you had the you're doing the the politics. That's just where I've gotten how with a <laughs> Destiny the Two. Whole, like, <laughs> there are problems fundamentally with Destiny Two. If you look at the the video version james is doing that whole politician thing where he doesn't point yeah he does do like little, the thumb and forefinger that's thing ingrained in my which oh, I, like makes are, me insane every time i see it. it's just like just be a human being and, and point you don't have to point at anyone <laughs> just a, just gesticulate with your hands it's I'm fine just, I'm, I'm i'm comprised 99 percent <laughs> of salt at this yeah one percent uh, human anyway thanks Bungie. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> in better news the uh, remember we've talked a few times about Tomb Raider, the next Tomb Raider game, and, and that it's probably called Shadow of the Tomb Raider, going back to the that person on the on Bart, like spying it on somebody's oh, yeah. over their shoulder. <laughs> Bart is our regional subway system yeah. here in the Bay Area. Uh, and sure enough, super cheeky but awesome social media tease for this. There's uh, Square Enix putting up a, a thing on their Twitter. Uh, it's a very short statement talking about, hey, we're We've got a new Tomb Raider game in the works. You're gonna when you see it, it'll be out not too long after you see it. And it, it was pointed out that if you take the first letter, yeah, it was six of sentences, each sentence, yeah, uh, it's S H A D S H A D O W. <laughs> so Shadow, mm. therefore, more or less confirming Shadow of the Tomb Raider is in fact the uh, the next the next game, the title of it. So uh, we'll see. I, I wonder if this is going to be one of those announced at E3 and out in you know August, September, yeah, October. I definitely think it'll be that scenario. Whether maybe I mean maybe not E3, but I definitely think it's going to be a reveal and a release in 2018. Yeah, yeah, which is which cool. is which is fantastic. Or I, Tomb Raider. I, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I've said it before. I I voted for it for IGN's 2015 Game of the Year. Sadly, it did not win that year. But just Rise is is phenomenal. The first one was excellent as well. Uh, I cannot wait to see where uh, where Lara Croft will go next. Finally, this week in the, on the news front, more dates. We, we've talked a lot about how busy March is. March 2018, well, add another one to the pile. Far Cry 5 has been bumped back exactly one month. It was going to be the very end of February, February 27th. It's now out March 27th. Mm-hmm. So Ubisoft issuing <clears throat> a very, very brief delay. Also, the Crew 2 getting bumped out of March from March 18th to just simply Ubisoft's next fiscal year, which runs anywhere between April 1st, 2018 and March 31st, 2019. So uh, I'm always fine with delays. Polish the games up. My own, my one, I'm going to just put on my tinfoil hat for a second. (laughs) Having, having covered this industry for a long time, what I hope this isn't is, uh, is the following is so March, you know, is, is part of their it's that's a fiscal quarter for Ubisoft. What I hope isn't the case is Ubisoft went that the team goes, Hey, we need more time. And Ubisoft says, All right, we can give you more time, 
But look, we have to have this out this fiscal quarter so we can only give you an extra month. Mm-hmm. So I hope this this isn't still going to launch in a in a rough state like if if they need more time than a month uh mm-hmm. but but Ubisoft just couldn't or wouldn't give mm-hmm. that to them. Again, I'm I'm just I'm walking way out on the ledge here. I don't think and that's I, and I hope I'm completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, I but just, again, I've seen this stuff time and time again. I just replayed the Gamescom build that uh PAX or PSX, sorry, and uh, it was good. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's there, so I don't think it'll be terrible. I also think Ubisoft this year in particular mm-hmm. has been an absolute paragon of post-launch support. Uh, Rainbow <laughs> Six Siege, yeah. Operation Health, and their three things. Operation Health, well, pretty for dramatic. Honor, but for Honor has yeah. gotten yeah. For Honor, I mean, we just we just covered Ghost Recon Ghost Wildlands. Chocobos uh, are coming update. to Assassin's Division Creed. 1. Assassin's yeah. launch great. Mario yeah. and Rabbids uh, just got a free two-player mm-hmm. versus update. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> I think, Marty, you, it was you that was pointing out how rough of a year, <laughs> maybe it was you, James, that you guys pointing out how rough a year EA has had. It's like Ubisoft had the opposite yeah, of they had a great year, year they had a as really far year. as uh, they're sort of standing in the community. And good for them. That, good that, for that them. Is, they really, it. that yeah. is so important to have that post-launch support and know that even if you get a, a product that's not great at launch, which you shouldn't, but if you do, it will eventually be in a state where they can start adding additional content, making it a great experience. I think you meant, did you mention Rainbow Six yeah. Siege? Rainbow yeah, Six Siege is a perfect example. We're doing a top 10 most improved slash best post-launch support of 2017. Mm-hmm. Rainbow Six Siege is in the top five. 2016 yeah. game. Oh wait, no, 2015 game. Yeah. That's right. I reviewed yeah. uh, that's that's cracked at the top ten NPD sales twice this year. <laughs> yeah, yep. which which says a lot. So, all right, tons of stuff to cover there. Let's move on to the marketplace report. Right. Oh uh, yes, uh, I do apologize in advance. I might have to bail a little early. We went a little long on the PUBG talk, I think, and we it, did. It's pushed me to a, a live stream that I have to be at. All right, well let's make let's just hustle up because it's really just a matter of. Uh, no, it's just a matter right. of talking about what's coming out this week. We don't need to do trivia because the trophy's done. <laughs> oh, <so>. my God. <laughs> Duggan, our, our guest this week, uh, glad to have you. If you walk us through, what Pretty could much. we spend our money on this week if we so chose? All right. Nothing in retail. That Everything's format out. is dead. But <laughs> digital, uh, Night in the Woods. Buy that. Okami HD. Buy that. Yeah, there you go. PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Apparently, wait. wait on that I'm fine with game. you buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Play uh, with me. Demon's Age. What? Hello, Neighbor. Marty, don't you, you, have you? I was super interested in it. Uh, we gave it a 4.1. Oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a fun game to watch. Yeah. It's something that streamers will play, and you should watch people stream it and maybe <laughs> not buy it yourself. Battlestar Galactica Deadlock. What is that? Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. A prequel to Death. Paladins. Paladin. Singular. <laughs> it's not, but. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the Marketplace. Uh, games with gold, GTA Online, the Doomsday Heist just came out, which is supposedly a pretty Apparently, big Everything yeah. I've read about it sounds I awesome. cannot wait cool. to play this. Speaking of things I need to make so time fun. to play. Uh, so Daniel Krupa out of the UK got to go play this before it launched yesterday. Apparently it's like, it's sort of three arcs. It's it, The whole thing's like 12 hours long. It's He, he says it's like, another, it's like another single player campaign. Wow. And there are Still actual flying DeLoreans in it. Uh, there are there's the James Bond like uh, underwater Lotus. Yeah, that's an auto must play for you, right? It's, <laughs> it's of course. So I mean, it, this thing just sounds insane. There's a there's a death ray like an orbital cannon that if you spend it takes a, a, a literal fortune of your money, but you can you can laser target a person. So if I just wanted to just troll Destin harder than he's <laughs> ever been trolled in a video game, I could go up in this in this ship that holds 30 players that's uh, flying above the city and and it's and laser target you with <laughs> wow. just this, this obliteration cannon 
Oh God, that sounds awesome. Yeah, like a Death Star. My gamer uh, tag is DMC Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody out there, yeah. Uh, December games with gold: Warhammer End Times Vermintide. That is a great game at this point. Uh, it's got a lot of post-launch support and is uh, Left 4 Dead 2, but in the Warhammer Fantasy universe. It has a sequel coming out: uh, Warhammer End Times Vermintide 2. Yep. which I am much looking forward to. Uh, so if, if you didn't play that at all, great time to jump in because it's going to be free if you have gold. Uh, and then back to the future of the game. Speaking of DeLoreans. Bam. Oh, also, Child of <laughs> Eden, and that's December 1st through the 15th, and then uh, Marlo Briggs and the Mask of Death. No idea what that is, but uh, who knows? You can none play it for... None of us do. Yeah, okay, great. There's no way to know. All right. Oh, I bet. I'm I literally going to run out of this room now and go to the stream. So I'll we just do my, do my sign off quick. Please, Des- uh, at Deslegary on Twitter. And you can check me out on the archive of the live stream that I had to run through. <laughs> for Injustice 2, we're checking out Adam. Sounds good. Thanks, cool. Destin. Bye, everybody. Uh, happy you won't see it. They'll, well, you'd be the holiday episode, the special episode. Yes. Just a dude named Adam. They just added a dude named Adam to Injustice. His name's just Adam. He's just a guy. Just he has to fight all the Adam, Adam West? Adam, Adam or, Corolla? Yeah. Or Atom? <laughs> It's probably Atom. Mm, that makes yeah. more sense. That's an actual superhero. Alliteration. All right. Really the one with the T. All right. Yeah. We're I think we solved that. that one. <laughs> James Duggan, uh, yeah, yeah. what are you up to? Where can we find you? What are you working on on IGN? You can find me at Thuggin Duggan on Twitter, T-H-U-G-G-N-D-U-G-G-N. Uh, and I am working on a lot of PUBG. It is really hot right now. That's a game that I've been preaching about for uh, the better part of a year now, but it's finally kind of coming to the place where I can uh, thoroughly recommend it on PC, obviously on Xbox. We've talked about it. <laughs> no. Wait, but hey, it's there at least. So a whole new audience. That's fantastic. And other than that, you can check out the top 10 most improved slash best post-launch improvement games of 2017 that will probably be a best of category next year yes. but we thought yeah. of it a little bit too late mm-hmm. uh, but really really important stuff uh, a lot of games really putting in the extra effort to make sure that their game stays alive has a great community um yeah, yeah. sounds like destiny service. 2 will not be on that list absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> uh, yeah going alongside that check out we have a ton of really awesome end of year features uh you know not just from our awards uh and, and you know best game of the year best uh, movie of the year tv show but we also have uh you know looking back at horror in in 2017 uh looking at upcoming games next year like montages of, of awesome xbox and, and playstation games going on so we have all sorts of cool stuff going up over the next month or so that you should check out of that. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, after the Game Awards last week, I wrote a feature called the uh, 10 Biggest Winners and Losers from the Game Awards. Kind of, we, we touched on a little bit of it, uh, like specifically the Microsoft stuff here. But if you're curious about that, if you watch the Game Awards and you're curious what I thought of them, uh, the easiest way to find it is probably just Google IGN Game Awards Biggest Winners and Losers. Uh, I had fun writing that. Mm-hmm. And then, as always, plugging... IGN Unfiltered, the one-on-one interview show I do each month. Uh, by the way, this the December episode will hit next week, so that will uh, look for that. That is with a an Xbox centric guest, or at least his he has Xbox in his history. So I think you folks may be interested. Bill there, but Gates, he's on the list, but he's not. There, no. <laughs> oh, quickly, can I uh, plug an interview he's, I did with Glenn Schofield yes. uh, yeah. of Sledgehammer? That is an expert mode. You can find that on Facebook. Yes. Um, really fun series. Lens yeah. is great too. And expert mode is one of the coolest things I think we've produced in a very long time. Yeah, it's got, it's got the same kind of unfiltered treatment where you are able to cut through the PR spiel and get right to the core yeah, of how the developer it's, feels. About something. It's a it's kind of a shorter, higher production value version of unfiltered. I would I yeah. think it's fair to say where it's moody. The conversations aren't quite as career spanning. It's more yeah. you're zeroing in on 
like the game one game. And in this instance, it's Call of Duty World War II. Yeah. And the idea of going back to boots on the ground after trying to like form an identity with high mobility and jumping and like where is that series going and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we've done great episodes on uh, Fallout in Vegas and Overwatch and Rocket League and Mario Rabbids and uh, yeah. yeah. Really cool stuff. stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, so happy holidays, everybody. We will see you back here. If you do want to tune back to IGN during the week of Christmas, I presume we'll put it up on our usual Wednesday day. We're going to have, uh, again, that, that sort of look back at the year in Xbox, uh, that'll probably be a bit of a shorter episode, like maybe like a 30-minute thing rather than the, the hour-long thing we usually do. So keep an eye out for that, uh, and we will see you in 2018. Happy Holy holidays, moly. everybody. You here? It's the future. <laughs>Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.